Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. How are you this week? I am very good. <laughs> green Busy blessings to green blessings to everyone and throughout the country. It is green blessings, although there have been snowfalls. That green is coming back. Absolutely. Absolutely. A promise. All my snow. All my snowdrops are blooming, and there's a new baby goat in the barn. Oh, interesting. Yes, so all all of the things that happen in the spring are happening. No going back now. <laughs> As I have said before in a ritual, it's a promise that has always been kept. <laughs> 
It is a promise that's always been kept. That's a beautiful way of putting it. And yes, we are talking about the sixth of the trees of the 13 moons. And of course, the ogham, um, which this is based on, is larger than 13. There are more than 13 ogham. And so there are more trees. They're the trees of the 13 moons and the ogams for each one of those moons. But there are also an ogam for each one of the sacred holidays. And each one of those holidays has its own special tree. For instance, one of those holidays is winter solstice. And what tree do you suppose is the tree of winter solstice? I would think the holly or the oak. The pine tree. Oh, my gosh, of course. The Christmas tree. <laughs> the Christmas tree. You got it. Sorry. I brain farted. Pine, spruce, fir. Yes. Exactly. So we are looking at the trees of the 13 moons, but there are more than 13 sacred trees. And I usually don't talk about the other trees, just because already 13 is a lot for people to, to take in. Right. Um, and especially when I do this as a one-day class, 13 is a lot to take in in a one-day class. You saw how I just messed up. <laughs> no, n- not that you messed up, that I was unclear about the, the fact that there were other trees. Because I do, I kind of slight over the fact that there's a bunch of sacred trees. And we're just looking at this particular cycle of 13, but that there are other cycles even within this cycle, and it it kind of segues into something that I want us to remember about Hawthorne, which is that Hawthorne is considered the tree of May Day. Oh, okay. Now, I before we said that Hawthorne opens what is shut and shuts what is open, and that she likes neither marriage nor celibacy. So, what is traditional to do on May Day? Uh, I would say a bit of maying. <laughs> a bit of maying, exactly. All right. So, we begin to understand why Hawthorne is not just one of the trees of the 13 moons, but is also one of the trees of the, one of the major holidays. So Hawthorne is the one that has that very special position. In Old England, the first serving person who found a flowering Hawthorne and brought a branch of Hawthorne flowers to the Lord's and Lady's door would receive cream. Hmm. And it is said that Hawthorne in flower has the same scent as a woman who is sexually aroused. So we have a lot of innuendo here, huh? You bring the flowers, you get a bowl of cream. The flowers smell like a sexually aroused woman. There's all this, you know, we're not quite like tittering and pointing a finger, but we're getting a lot of stuff that that could lead us to do that about Hawthorne. And last week we looked into a wonderful book called Celtic Tree Mysteries by Stephen Blamiris. 
also, we read some from Rudolf Fritz Weiss, MD's book on herbal medicine. We're going to go back to Rudolf Fritz Weiss um, because he has some really interesting clinical things to say. But I also wanted to dip a little bit into a Druid's Herbal of Sacred Tree Medicine by Ellen Evert Hopman. Oh, I've heard that. And, yeah, she is, like, you know, one of our top writers. Yeah. And really well-studied and intelligent in addition. So she, you know, she starts out Beth Louie, and she she does Beth Louie Fierne. Remember I said there's some disagreement. I do Beth Louie Neon. So she does Beth Louie Fierne, Sally, Neon, Roth, and then ones we haven't done yet, Dweer, Tene, Call, Quert, Muin, Gort, and Nictal. And we will be getting to those. And what she has to tell us about Hawthorne is <clears throat> that... Um, at first, I didn't understand like what she was getting at here, but it's, it's it it gets rather interesting. Hawthorne, and she says it's pronounced Hooth. Before I'd heard it as Hooth, more of a a vocalized sound than a who, so I'm I'm unclear. In ancient Ireland, says Ellen, the highest class of poet was a Fili a male poet, or a bonfili, a female poet. Mm. The lower class of poet was a bard. Trained filid, we're going to guess that's the plural, were able to raise blemishes on their victim's skin by using words. Wow. In extreme cases, they could even kill In the year 1024, according to the Annals of Ulster, the chief poet of Ireland lay dying but caused the body of his murderer to rot within the hour. The Annals of Connacht in 1414 record that Lord Lieutenant John Stanley died from a poet's words. There are three magical techniques that the Feely had to master to manifest that which she desired. The first was illumination between the hands. The second was illumination of song. And the third was recital from the ends of the fingers. Poets would put their thumb into their mouth and chant to go into a trance. The spontaneous uttering of a prophecy or a poem with no preliminary ritual other than the use of the fingertips is unique to the poets of ancient Ireland. And 
So she connects the Hawthorne and its ability to be beautiful and to give us healing with the poet's ability to bring beauty and to heal our souls. And we must remember that they both carry thorns. Now, back to Dr. Rudolf Fritz Weiss, The Role of Hawthorne in Clinical Medicine. Three main actions may be distinguished with Crataegus. And remember, that's the botanical name. <clears throat> One, improvement in coronary circulation. Two, no hypotensive properties. And three, effect on cardiac arrhythmias. Improvement in coronary circulation reduces the likelihood of anginal attacks and relieves subjective symptoms. Experimental studies yield clear evidence that the water base crataegus has coronary activity. That means that the tea of Hawthorne Hawes, or the tea of Hawthorne Flowers and leaves, all of which can easily be bought, will have a direct effect on the heart and cardiovascular system. There is an increase in the flow in the coronary vessels. They become dilated. This results not only in relief of spastic conditions and therefore subjective relief, but also in improved blood supply to the myocardium, that is to the area around the heart. There is a direct effect on heart muscle cells, which enhances their activity and their nutrition. Unlike digitalis and the digitaloids, which have their point of attack in the contractile substance of heart muscle cells, the crataegus action is on other parts of the muscles, the parts involved with nutrition, energy reserve, and energy release. Specifically, a beneficial effect is achieved on intracellular calcium levels. This is also the reason why one cannot expect rapid improvement in cardiac function from crataegus. Crataegus has a long-term sustained effect on degenerative age-related changes in the myocardium. This, again, is very similar to the improvement in coronary circulation that develops with long-term use, but these improvements do persist, and the two are complementary. Hawthorne is not what I would reach for for cutting short an anginal attack. Nitroglycerin continues to be the drug of choice because it is very rapid. This really needs to be stressed. I want to clarify the distinction between Hawthorne and digitalis and to establish the proper place for Hawthorne. It is in long-term treatment of those with weaker hearts. The blood pressure situation may be stabilized as cardiac function improves and the blood pressure may even become normal. That is, elevated blood pressure may go down, but crataegus itself does not affect blood pressure. It is not indicated in the narrow sense 
for simply treating high blood pressure. But in many cases, especially when combined with other herbs, Hawthorne does help in lowering the blood pressure. There is no need for a proprietary mixture, and it's much better to make up one's own combination as needed or desired. The best method is for the patient to take Hawthorne first thing in the morning and before going to bed at night. 20 to 30 drops of the tincture of pure crotagus pertos. Cardiac arrhythmias are emerging as the latest indication for the use of Hawthorne, particularly um, tachycardia, uh, which means very rapid heartbeat, yeah. and, arith- and specific arrhythmias that are caused by tachycardia. Intravenous injection of a fairly large dose of a water-based crotagus extract will stop a genuine paroxysmal tachycardia. In other words, if someone is in a paroxysm or a great fear and their heart is like to the point where they're going to faint or they're going to pass out or they think you're going to have a heart attack, an injection, intravenous injection of a large dose of water-based crotagus will stop it. In fact, a marked reduction in the heart rate would be noted after only 10 minutes with rapid relief of subjective symptoms. In less serious cases, particularly with other kinds of arrhythmias, the oral route will be perfectly adequate. The indication for Hawthorne for arrhythmias ranks only second, however. It is used to treat arrhythmia in elderly patients. It helps the patients more quickly to overcome periods when these disturbances happen, particularly when the incidence is increased for a time. Crantagus has the advantage that is safe for elderly patients, even those with bradycardia. Having considered the potential actions, we can now arrive at a clear picture of the potential uses of Hawthorne. One, senile hearts. Two, hypertensive hearts. Three, weak hearts. And four, erratic hearts. Senile hearts are patients with degeneration of the cardiac muscle or with coronary artery disease are the ideal people for Hawthorne. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Yes. People with degeneration of the cardiac muscle, people with coronary artery disease, and people with heart problems. That's like millions of people here. Crotagus has rightly been called the herb for the aging heart. The anginal symptoms of coronary disease in particular tend to disappear with crotagus therapy and recurrences of problems are largely prevented. Hypertensive hearts, whether in failure or not, are hearts that benefit from crotagus because it maintains the heart muscle in such good condition. Hearts that are weak are helped by crotagus. Hearts that have been weakened by infectious diseases such as pneumonia, influenza, diphtheria, and scarlet fever. Also for muscular insufficiency of the heart and for follow-up therapy, possibly 
also adding it to any other medication that the person is taking after a heart attack. And I want I personally, not Fritz Weiss here, but me as Susan Weed, I'm going to say that Hawthorne is perfectly and completely safe to take with any kind of cardiac medicine or any other medicine for that matter. In fact, let's recall that this is a member of the Rose family and it is related to apple. And to crab apple and crab apple will often have thorns like hawthorn. So it is incredibly safe to use. If you're taking blood pressure drugs, you can still take hawthorn. If you're taking um, anti-clotting drugs, you can still take hawthorn. Whatever kind of cardiac drug you're on, whether it's... Um, calcium channel blocker, ACE inhibitor, diuretic, uh, cholesterol-lowering medication, all of those are perfectly safe to take with crataegus. And the heart that beats erratically, especially when the heart is beating fast. So, the main indications for Hawthorne are undoubtedly the degenerative conditions so commonly seen today, coronary artery disease, angina pectoris, as well as those conditions where the patient has not yet seen ill in the accepted sense, but which there is loss of cardiac function due to old age. Consider the nature of these conditions. It is obvious that treatment has to be long-term. Little or nothing may be expected from short-term use, except in the arrhythmia referred to above. At the same time, it is obvious why it is so difficult to get an objective assessment of results at the level considered essential. Patients will again and again speak of subjective improvement, but with a protracted process like degenerative changes in the heart and coronary vessels, such improvement is difficult to determine. This is the reason why views differ so much at times as to the usefulness of Hawthorne, mainly between general and hospital practice. In the hospitals, instant effects have to be achieved, and digitalis can do that. General practice, on the other hand, is a long-term practice. And here, Hawthorne has one property that makes it particularly useful, being completely safe in any quantity and for long-term use. With the usual therapeutic doses, no toxic effects. Accumulation or habituation have been noted. Hawthorne may be used for long periods of time, simply and safely. To get the best results with elderly patients, Hawthorne needs to be taken not just for weeks, but for many months. In fact, years is best. Again, take the extract morning and night. This has the advantage that parents Patients find it easy to remember. Tolerance is so good that there are no gastric side effects even. Hospital consultants have hardly any real use for crataegus. It is definitely for those who are involved in long-term care. Crataegus cannot be expected to have any instant effect on the heart muscle, and experiments to demonstrate the ineffectiveness of Hawthorne are simply wrong because they are based on these premises. But there are definite long-term effects. A test designed differently provides information. 
Clat reported his observation with a crataegus in the moth, Lamatria dispar. His experiments were designed to look at genetics. The moths were strictly inbred for years and fed on alder leaves as usual. After some years of inbreeding, they grew more and more stunted, laying fewer and fewer eggs and actually threatening to die out. This was probably due to the inbreeding, resulting in degeneration and premature aging. Following the advice of a butterfly breeder who happened to visit him, Clatt changed the diet of his colony from alder leaves to hawthorn leaves. A remarkable recovery occurred within a short time. The moths grew larger again. They were more robust. They laid more eggs. Real regeneration was improved, and it persisted year after year with the hawthorn providing general cell nutrition. This trial had the conditions one would require with a genuine plant. Above all, regular and long-term exhibition of the whole complex of active principles. These observations have been confirmed by others, though in shorter trials. An important realization from these tests is that herbs cannot be tested in the same way that drugs can. Hawthorne is a very specific agent, and the desired results can be achieved only if its particular indications are thoroughly known and the right application chosen. Crataegus is a typical representative of the gentle herbs. Its actions are gentle. Its use completely safe, especially in long term. There is no toxicity. And what else do we have here? He goes on to talk about the difference between Crataegus and Digitalis, which I don't think is that much more interesting to us. The Hawthorne monograph of the German Federal Ministry of Health. A major monograph covering all the toxicological, pharmacological, clinical, and general medical data so far available has been compiled with conclusions. The outcome of this major effort extending over a period of more than four years is remarkable. Despite initial pessimism and criticism, the result was full recognition for the usefulness of Hawthorne in cardiological indications. The flowers and the leaves or the fruits are the active part. Flavonoids and oligomeric procyanidins have been confirmed as constituents. And I'm not going to read this part to you because there's a lot of big words and it would take me forever to explain them all, and we do not have a lot of time. No. There is really nothing new in the monograph. It does show um, problems which can arise trying to prove that a gentle herb actually works. The phytochemical and experimental data confirm that hawthorn is a medicinal plant which is a complex of active principles forming a natural whole that can only be considered and assessed in its totality. Any information looking at isolated principles from Crataegus is going to fail. In summary, according to present knowledge, coronary disease is the first and foremost indication for Hawthorne. The action is gentle, 
but long-lasting and there is no habituation. It can be taken forever. An adequate effect is achieved and maintained with relatively high doses. A dose of 30 to 40 drops of a good preparation is required three times daily to begin with and later as maintenance once in the morning and once at night. So I think that gives us some pretty interesting information about Hawthorne, the tree of the spring, the the May Day, the tree of, well, of course, on May Day, the fairy gate opens up and the fairies come out to play and the fairies will only come to play at places where people are having a good time. So Hawthorne is about having a good time. Shall we say it's about throwing your heart into it? Absolutely. So, I know May Day is still a bit away, but n- never hurts to have this information beforehand. And that's all I'm going to say about Hawthorne. Each one of these trees, of course, is it has extraordinary amount of things that could be said about it. Each one, an entire book, could be written about it. And uh, none of them more true than the oak tree the great oak, the seventh tree, the tree at the center, and we'll be back next week to talk about oak. All right, and I will... All right. Um, well, I do want to mention, Susan, uh, next week is the beginning of the, the tour that we're doing. Oh, I was going to say, and when are you going away? Isn't that soon? It's April's 16th until... No, wait, so 14th. No, we still have a show next week. That's what I thought. We still have a show no, next week. No, we're good. Week. I'm sorry. My bad. My, my, my That's fault. That's okay. So we have a no, show next week, and then, and, then we have two, and then there's two weeks off. Two weeks off. That's when the band is on tour for two weeks after that. So, That's yeah. what I thought. So we're, we're good then. <laughs> sorry. We'll, so we'll be next week, and then we'll be back again right around... May 5th? May Day. Right around May Day. Right around May Day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you then. Talk All to right. you next week. And then not till just after May Day. All right. And thank you. Okay. Thank you. Green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that's right outside your door. Absolutely. And you've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host. Miss Susan, we thank you, everyone, and we'll be back next week, and then with a two-week break on Main Street Universe Radio Network. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.